All right, we are live. Episode 13, got a good one for you today. Very good for multiple reasons. Uh, got Tyler Merrick, Project 7, uh, and it's the first episode. Service related is not gonna be on the episode because they had some trouble logging in and getting their stuff done. It, I get it, things happen. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll be able to arrange to get him on it, a follow-up episode, but let's get into this like we always do. Tyler, let's talk about Project 7. Uh, give us a little backstory. How'd you get it started? What is it all about? Uh, give it to us. Well, you know, the, 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 the original business model was to build this uh, social enterprise that um, at, at, at one point, at its, at its original theory was just to be like a private label brand across the grocery store, um, multiple products, similar to Newman's own organics years ago that started to fund charities. And so um, the idea was the difference between us and Newman's was we would show you each charity that you're going to. So like hunger, clean drinking water, um, shelter, and um, that didn't work. Um, but that was the original, that was the original concept. Um, and what year, was, what year was that? That was 2008. Okay. So, cool. um, and, uh, I'm not Paul. Um, and, <laughs> and then, um, private label, um, was really like quality grocery store, private label brands were just starting to pick up. So it was becoming less and less of an interest from grocery stores to be like, well, we're, we're going to dedicate so much of our shelf to um, major brands and then the rest, you know, to our private label. So anyway, um, but out of that, a weird thing happened in that whole, that whole journey was um, chewing gum. I know it's just bizarre. Um, was one of the products that kind of came out of that because one of my original meetings with Whole Foods early on in pitching this concept of a of this utilitarian giving brand um they weren't interested in the products but they liked the concept of this this transparent giving and so they happened to be reviewing chewing gum but diapers baby food and chocolate at the time and so i just said well how about i make a chewing gum for you not knowing anything about it um anything like that and so they were like i can't make any promises but if you want to submit a chewing gum, you know, we'll take a look at it. So that's how I got into the, this, this, this kind of candy niche was I ended up making gum for them and it was terrible gum. Um, and I think we had one PO in an entire year. Um, but that's how we moved into kind of from there, we got into other candy items. And so that's how project seven still giving today it, but it's about really quality specialty craft candy products. Um, that have a give back um, still, but that's how we kind of got in. That's where I got started, and that's that's how we got to where we are today. Got it. So social impact is a is a, is a big play for for Project Seven, right? Um, it's to the core of the of the brand, and, sure. and not only how it got started, but even today, right? Yeah. Um, when you were starting or even getting into that prior to that, most would say, well, were you in the food business before? Were you uh, doing something on your own that gave you sort of the, the confidence to be able to say, oh, you want gum? I got gum for you. Give us Great context question. there. Yeah, I, I would not have 
the foundation to do that. I grew up in a family pet food business. So that was, I had been in buyer meetings with my dad, like your son was on the screen a little while ago. Yeah. I was going to trade shows, you know, from 11, 12 on back in the day, they would allow kids on the floor. Um, and so I would, I would see, and then as I got a little bit older and I started working for my dad, I would see him in a buyer meeting and he would go, you know, they would be like, I'm not interested in that. And then he would go, well, what can I take care of you, you know, for? And so that was, that was where I had the context. Like um, I had a very unique upbringing in the sense that not only was my family um, in a family owned business, pet food, but my home was actually on the property of the factory. So every day workers came, my dad's office was, you could throw a football from my house to my dad's you know, office. So it was just an ecosystem that you lived in day in and day out. So that's how I got started in, in consumer products. That is a pretty cool story. Uh, and yes. not many people can say that. So it's it's in the DNA, uh, which is which is cool. I mean, not many people have that, but if they do, oftentimes they do uh, either go, uh, you know, sort of lean in in that, uh, or totally the opposite, right? Yes. Uh, they they <laughs> totally. saw it all. They saw the the roller coaster ride, um, and so. Yeah. But that's a, that's a really awesome story, um, and it does provide some context here. When you are going now into the sweet, you know, that's a sweet vertical, right? And that's where yeah. we'll land and we'll get into sort of your current, uh, the, the current products you have now. Um, did you transition straight from the gum into what I knew you for before your current product into a gummy related product uh, and, and describe that for the viewers? Yeah. So what happened was, is um, as we started, you know, and I think this is like one of those things, like everyone's, when you're an entrepreneur, you have an idea of where you want to go with something, but then, you know, you test it out and the market responds. And, and sometimes that means you need to push, you need to edit and amplify and push harder. But then other times you have to pivot kind of like you were going to do with your son this morning. So when we realized that the, the social, too much of a social push up front um, was making us look like um, a pity purchase and not a quality product first and foremost, we moved to all these crazy gum flavors that we began to be known for. And they were challengers to the category because everything had been peppermint and spearmint. Mm -hmm. So when I came into a target and I was like, here's birthday cake gum or a Meyer, they were like, yeah, that might sell for a couple of weeks, but yep. then the novelty will wear off kind of thing. Well, it ended up not just selling for a couple of weeks and it started to really take off as these alternative gum flavors. So what happened was, some of that retailer success, we started to have conversations with them and they'd be like, okay, where do we go with you next? Because you're, there's some good connection with your flavors and brand and candy and better for you gummy bears and clean, you know, candy had permission to trans some transition, some of those flavors over to um, gummy bears. And they were looking, some retailers were looking for cleaner, better options. So that's how I got, into the other forms and and now our business has golly it's 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 flipped gum used to be the majority and the candy used to be the minority and now it's flipped and the the candy i would say is the majority mm -hmm. and 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 gum is supplementing to that 
I, I taught, uh, for those who, who are trying to understand how to get a product made, um, this is kind of going to hopefully be a, a good question that they'd like to hear is um, for co-packing a product like this from gum to the gummies, is there synergy there? Was it, was it, is it the same co-packer? Were there some, some efficiencies that were brought on or totally separate? They were pretty separate. Okay. Um, you know, and that's probably that's some of the tough, that, that is a, a frustrating part of it. About the only thing that had some consistency was flavor. Flavor, yeah. Right? So um, that is one of the challenges being in, in the candy business. Um, there's not a co-packer that has those verticals of each one. You know, like um, a gummy factory is pretty much only going to make gummies a gum factory only gum hard candy hard candy so um that is one of the you don't get those efficiencies right um of you know like for you i give an example being like um i I came out of the pepu business like i mentioned so extrusion technology was a big part of things so you could in theory and sometimes you could make an extruded kibble and then uh, you could make a grain-free kibble and have a new line extension. And you could even make like some pressed biscuits kind of thing in the same place. We don't have that, that luxury in that sense. So we had to go learn a new language um, in, in that regard and, and get a new co-packer in that sense. Um, do you stay within the channel? Once you found out you're going from gum going, all right, we're seeing traction here. And you are getting sort of asked, all right, what's the next step? How are you going to build upon your brand? There's only so many flavors, right, that you can produce in gum. And this is something for others to to recognize too, before you start almost cannibalizing yourself, right? Big Um, time. We learned learned that too, by the way, and I continue to learn that and learn the strategies of for, for others as well is you have the five core flavors, let's say, and you want to do the sixth, seventh, and 10th, but the reality is it, it, some, all of those customers are going to start, you know, moving to the others and then you're not making your business efficient uh, and effective, right? You're, you're still doing the same revenue, you know, when you could have just done it on your core five. So give, give us the mindset of when that transition was, all right, we have to develop a, a follow-up uh, product. I, I, I'd love that you brought that up because that is, a, that is one that sometimes you just have to learn the hard way. Um, and, and people can tell you, but you're like, no, no, we're going to increase the size of the pie. And we made that mistake because we got a little bit drunk on our own. These novelty gum flavors and unique gum flavors were doing so well that you would have like a retailer like Target or Meyer, these places it would be like, we want two more seasonal ones. And then we want another one for this season. And so you're just like, let's do it. And then we made too many, you know. And then we, some of them we didn't do very, we didn't execute great um, because you didn't have the real seeing it through and making it an incredible experience. And so then you had people that came into the brand that just had a crappy experience, right? Or people that were used to a really great experience trading one of your new seasonal ones and then being like, wow, this isn't. So that was a mistake um, for sure. Um, and so we pulled back, we don't have as many, you know, we, we've tightened that up. Um, but on the gummy side, part of that though, too, Mark was like, it's not self. I mean, one of the tough things is like gum has been a challenging category for the last 20 years. 
Um, and we don't have enough time to get into it. And, um, but it has just been declining or staying flat for a long time. Why? And there's all sorts of Why? theories on that. Well, yeah. the, there's different theories, but the biggest ones would be, it's one of the few categories that you haven't had really many challenger um, brands in. So you have really four players. Yep. So it's similar to a Coke and Pepsi model. So you have Wrigley, who's mm-hmm. got 45 share. Yep. You know, and you've got Hershey's with icebreakers. That's, you know, another big share. And then Mondelez with Trident. Yep. And then you've got like a smaller group like Perfetti with Mentos mm-hmm. that has, has been a good challenger. But the point of it is, is there hasn't been really any innovation. It's been the same product for 20 years. Yep. And then they've always kind of thought we get check lane status, but on the periphery of, of those of that set, jerky started coming up. <laughs> Protein started coming up, dark chocolate, these kind of things. And it was like, whoa, we're growing on these, but gum is just, they're not really bringing any new innovation. So I liken it to this. It would be like a guy coming to a Walmart buyer today or pick any buyer and saying, I've got this amazing uh, craft cola, right? Um, That's doing well. Most most of those buyers are going to go, you know, we're not really looking for that right now. I don't know if you've seen, but soda's kind of struggling. And between Coke and Pepsi, we have that covered. Sure. So we're not, we're like, we're looking at other no sugar or other, you know, alternative beverage items. So coming in with even a really compelling gum story and sales data and going to those guys, they were like, that category is not really growing. We're taking shelf space away. So sorry, bad timing. So the gummy thing, was trying to be like, I got to diversify. I got to get into some categories that are growing in case we can't make any more progress on gum and certain retailers. And what year was that? That was um, five years ago, four years ago. So 2016. And I want to differentiate because we'll get to the the newer product, but that one was, was just a better for you in terms of your ingredient profile probably using you know there's in terms of sugars and 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 where you were right procuring your, yes. your ingredients um of a gummy bear let's let's yeah just, it was an organic gummy bear you know clean ingredients whatever but it was still you know it's just it's it's a better for you when i say better for you not in the sense of you know it, it's clean so for sure. people who were trying to not have you know those things or give them to their kids it gave an alternative to a Haribo or something like that. That was like, this is, you know, a whole foods type gummy bear. Many will respect you. I I do when you, when you speak that way, articulate it that way, because, and and people who know me, right. I I mean, and you look you're, you're healthy, you stay active and um, you probably eat a certain way. I don't, I don't eat um, specific things. However, uh, I am a believer in a a sugar um, or, or, um, a carb in that in the intake way of post-workout so it doesn't really matter how the delivery is it could be uh, a cup of orange juice or it could be a handful of gummy bears sure Um, and so um so i appreciate the way that you articulated that um and you found success there especially four years ago it's it's a different playing field now right with the newer age talk of of lower to no carb. I don't even want to get into that, right? Because I have my own feelings right. about that. Um, sure. uh, so when you are 
bringing that into market, most would, or if they're seeing this go up, oh, I've seen Project 7, probably saw it at a Starbucks, uh, which is sure. a, a big win. Um, give us a little bit of how that was, uh, how that was done, if you can. Um, also try to walk us through, is that a, a good relationship? You're, you're gonna have to frame it the way you need to. Sure. You know, what, what does it do for a brand and what may it not do? Uh, for a brand, especially a smaller one or one that's emerging that goes, oh, I'd love to be in XYZ store or, or this retailer or this distribution point, but they don't re really recognize what could be the, the cons of, of, um, of a relationship or a partnership that may not be right for them at the time. Sure. Um, especially in, their, in, in where they're at as, as a business. Yeah, I would say that you know, and I've had this said to me before, so it's not like I, something I came up with, but I would say that um, you need to treat Starbucks or a Costco region, any kind of, you know, business that you get off of those um, as truly almost off the books, you know, um, you can't count on it as something that's all of a sudden this new revenue stream for your business. It can bring uh, some efficiencies in purchasing power you know, um, more on the Costco side. Um, and so that's, that's a, a positive and obviously bring new people into your brand on the Starbucks side. It's truly a marketing, you know, play and, and awareness. I think where people get a little bit unrealistic is they forget that this is pre COVID, but going into a Starbucks, you're really going in there. The destination is to get a beverage, you know, for the most part. There are some meal decisions if people want to add on, you know, some sous vide, egg sous vide bites or, you know, a, a little donut for the kids or whatever. But for the most part, you're going in there for, you know, coffee. And so that lobby and those discovery items like ourselves or, you know, chips or whatever, they're still very small percentage of the play just because, you know, that they're, they're just there. So the volume is it's a lot of stores and it's big but you have to you have to temper this thing of thinking oh my gosh that's going to be just massive because again there's only so many dollars in that person's pocket and they're already spending it on a five dollar latte to add a five dollar gummy bear or you know all these kind of things that ring can go up so um hold on to it loosely starbucks is an has was an incredible partner we, we don't sell them currently now because Starbucks will go in these phases where, um, you know, they will be focused on own brand. And so you'll see uh, Starbucks branded popcorn, Starbucks branded chips. Um, and so, you know, even they've had Starbucks, Starbucks branded gum forever. Um, so, and then they'll swing back and all of a sudden you'll see these discovery brands in there and they'll kind of be like, let's be this kind of, C store or Whole Foods on a corner, like with some better for you snacks for mom coming through. So you just have to, it's kind of, now there are some guys who've stayed in there for a long time. Like I have a friend, uh, Eugene um, King from Country Archery. Yeah. He's been in there, you know, for, for a long time, but that's a staple item. Jerky is, you know, is what it is. So you can, they're good brand and they're good, they're, you know, good awareness and they are, they take away the, the things of like, oh, they're big Starbucks, so they would be tough to work with. I couldn't have been handled more respectfully 
um, an incredible uh, experience top to bottom. And that's not just because this is on video. Um, they were amazing from top to bottom and working with us and MOQs and times and pricing, um, the whole thing. I would, I would do business with them in a second. Um, and there's other ones that I would, I would not just because, you know, of, of things that have happened. Um, so I, they were great. But that's what I would say is, yeah, it's cool. And it's awesome. And it's fun when your friends are like, I saw you in Starbucks. And, and it's an amazing, I'll never, ever forget it. Like going and visiting the headquarters and taking my picture, it was, it was like a crowning moment because for so many years, friends would just say like, you should be in Starbucks. Like it was like, you know, you should have a ham sandwich for lunch, you know? <laughs> and you'd be like, sure, I would love that, but it's, it's not, solid. you know, um, but just, just kind of like it can come fast and then it can, it can, you know, it can go away too. I've got like four comments, quick ones on that. One, Eugene, you just got a shot out on that one. Um, yeah. By the way, I, I, eat, I eat that jerky. Um, two. Great jerky. Um, when your friends are, I saw you at Starbucks. It's follow up. It's you must be rich, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, th three. Um, the point about distribution for those watching, you know, an emerging brand and understanding what door counts may do. When you land a, a, a partner, right? Because that's what they are, a partner, yeah. especially if they're, we'll get to the relationship piece. I love that comment, by the way. Um, when you get with a partner, it, it's a new retailer. It has multiple doors. There's, there's things that you win automatically, whether or not you have sell through or not, which you have to have to really stay on. Um, you get visibility. And people should understand that. That's, a, that's an amazing win right away, especially if you have a good product. Um, you get visibility. There's marketing uh, aspects in that and that people see you. Uh, it's very, in today's age of direct-to-consumer, what ends up happening is either they did pick up there or they didn't, but they've seen it and they may look you up online. Yeah. So you can see, you can see an immediate lift in um, direct-to-consumer on Amazon or on your website. So that's three. Uh, four is your... Um, is your relationship point? I, I you know, most with the, oh, I wonder how, you know, are they very corporate? I bet they do this. And, and, you know, for us too, and me, you know, getting to understand this business and learning it, I say this all the time. We have such amazing partners, you know, and, and I don't say it for, for that reason too. I mean, I can say on multiple, uh, multiple retailers on their buying team, there's ones that are better than others, right? Of sure. course, in communication and, and context and everything else. But I was amazed and I talk about this with, you know, our head of sales all the time. Like there's just some really amazing people in our industry. Um, and uh, you should lean in on those relationships, whether or not you can, you know, make more out of them, but just really recognize and let that be sort of your, um, your own, your, your own way of doing business. If it wasn't already, you know, sometimes you get, you, you know, with such the ebbs and flows of, of being in any type of business or operating a business, just always try to be mindful of the fact that there are really great people pulling for you. Uh, and if you, if you lean in heavily to that ideology, it does help you out. You know, I, totally. I talk, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so those are, those are just, that was just great commentary. Um, I want to get into, cause we have a couple minutes here. Um, you went from, that particular better for you ingredient wise on the candy. Uh, and now you're going for, uh, this is Mason. Um, Hi, he Mason. should be, he should be doing his homework right now. 
Um, and, and then you went now into, which I just got some, thank you very much, uh, into what we'd consider lower sugar options in the gummy forms. Also, I saw maybe, um, a, I got a lollipop. Um, walk us through that transition. When was it? I know that there's another player or two, not just in the gummy side, but really now there's a whole category on the chocolate side. Um, give us that transition. When was it? How'd you, you know, why'd you make the like, all right, idea, you know, to I'm doing this, this is going to be our route of how we're going to do it. Well, I mean, even in this short little video, you could like watch this and be like, golly, this guy's all over the place, and, <laughs> you know, and, and that's fair. But I mean, this is also um, 12 years. So, um, and, 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 and there's no question that there have been some, you know, mistakes made across that time. But any entrepreneur that's watching, you know, any other area of our lives, we, we, we know there's mistakes that are going to happen. And so to not grade that on a curve and expect that in our business too, or your career is, is, is crazy. And it's just pride that comes up that thinks you should have no mistakes. Now, that being said, I'm not saying like, if you stub your toe, you watch out for that same place in the night when you get to get up and go to the bathroom and you don't want to keep doing it over and over again exactly. or else you'll break it. But what happened was is, you know, the markets move so fast today, Mark, as you know, and consumer trends change faster than ever. I mean, when I was working for my dad, pet food was like, forever was like just grain and a little bit of meat and the dog lived in the backyard. And that was like, <laughs> that was for forever. And now you've positioned to like salmon and, you know, venison and buffalo and the dog lives inside and there's toy breed recipe. The point is, is like, it moves so yes. fast. And so we see it on the consumer side. So if you don't react to it as a smaller brand, and I don't mean like every trend just jumping on it because then you won't be you know, focused on it. But we just started to see with the organic candy that we started to have challenges at retailers to go consumer looking at ours and the premium they were having to pay to get an organic product. And then looking at the sugar content of a regular gummy bear. And there was just this challenge of going, wait a second, if I'm going to splurge, um, and this is twice as much, um, and it's a, you know, comparable product. I'm not saying that it's, I know ours was better, but it's not like, it's, it's not like a Jenny's ice cream, you know, that's this indulgent, really rich or Haagen-Dazs and then a really cheap, like soft serve there. What the Delta wasn't, you know, there, it was like, you're not that far off and you're going same amount of sugars, same carbs, you know, those things. I'll just, I'm going to go ahead and just indulge in, in a national brand. And then on the shelf, you just looked like we were four bucks for a bag versus two. So we were challenged, we were struggling in that way in a lot of places. And so um, we started to go, all right, how do we, and then I even wrestled with the better for you thing, like in, in talking to advisors and friends, like, is it really better for you, you know, long-term? Yeah, there's no artificial flavors ingredients how do you really make a better for you candy so for the last for two and a half years we worked behind the scenes on making a better for you low sugar gummy product and talked to advisors and mentors should we pivot in this direction should we not like should we double down on craft candy organic and went through a whole exercise and eventually we're like no if we're going to hang in there 
Um, and we're here's the other really important part. And I know it's a little bit long, but retail is getting so more and more challenged. If we're going to have a compelling reason for people to order from us online, we need to be a solution for them and not as much of an impulse. And we had been living more of an in an impulse world, novelty flavors and experiences at checkout. And so we knew that if we wanted to survive online, we needed to become more of a utility type item. So we launched our first low sugar gummy bears. Um, and I mean, I cannot tell you how much money and how much failure there was in how many recipes that were thrown out, trial runs that failed, back to the drawing board. Um, but we have something now that I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an awesome product. Um, I, uh, yes, I, I've had it. I, um, I can only compare it to, I don't even know, are there a couple? I only know, I think I only know one other similar-ish type brand. Is this a category that there will be uh, more coming online? Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're already seeing it now. I mean, like I knew, I mean, we, you know, it's like, when we had some reviews like four months ago, I knew of like a player or two that were maybe going to look at it. And then a buyer was like, you're like number five. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Yeah. But what yeah. was really cool, what meant the most to me out of that was that buyer said out of the five, yours was heads and tails the best. And even over mainline, you know, brand today. And that was like, so it was like, we're going with you. And it was like, okay, that's how long we've spent on this, yep. you know, and we've really worked hard because we're committed to this for the long haul and doing more in it and doing it really well. Um, so that, yeah, there's more coming. Obviously the majors will get into it. Yeah. I know of a couple major guy, major brands that have some stuff coming. Yep. Um, but that being said, you know, that's going to happen in any, any category. Um, but this is something that I really, we're 100% focused on as a brand going forward. Yeah, I mean, on, on the next episode, because uh, we can talk, you know, nutrition and all that and with the fibers and what is it and where does it come from? So sure. let's, well, I'm pushing that to the yeah. side. Um, your texture, again, I've had it. Um, uh, the texture, the bite uh, works. It's, um, it, is a, it is a fantastic uh, product in um in terms of the eat uh and so if somebody's hasn't tried it and they're digging that type of uh of, of uh, fat food snack uh candy and the like uh try it uh, definitely give it give it a whirl um let, let's close this out with you know like i normally do anyway um you know i'm kind of an optimistic person you you have to be in what, what you've been doing this uh, entire time specifically because of where you came from uh, and saw all that stuff. Um, let's talk about 12 months. Project seven, we look at 30, 60, 90 days, 120 days, uh, as some of this stuff softens a little bit of what we're dealing with uh, now. Uh, and then, then, of course, the new normal is whatever that looks like. Uh, 12 months from now, what does Project 7 look like? Where are you at? Where are you mainly? Yeah, exactly. Where yeah, <laughs> you, you already had uh, computer issues this morning. We're gonna we're, let, let's do. Uh, where does it? Where does it? What does it look like? Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's it's um, it's it's a smaller business, um, and 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 that's not. Um, but I think it's a, it's a more solid business. 
Um, you know, you got to understand when COVID hit between all of our retailers, we're, you know, we lost 70% of our business, you know, overnight. Um, places like AMC theaters, you know, big account, um, have to close all their doors and I could go on and on. Sure. And even though we had a target in places like that in Meyer, what happened was, um, check lane just got cut. Um, people started buying Instacart online, um, and, and gum just went through the floor as people don't have to interact with people as much. So there's not, so I've had to imagine, all right, this maybe doesn't come back. I mean, cause if, even if AMC comes back this summer, how long does it take for just consumer trust to be in the theater and you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And I, I want them to, but all these things to think that in 12 months, you're going to just flip a switch and it's all, you know, back to where it was. So I would say that, but I'm a positive guy. And like you, I look for wins every day and things to be thankful for. And I'm glad stuff's starting to come back on. We're seeing in the data of stores starting to turn more and which is awesome. Yep. But I would say in 12 months, we have a more solid business that is built for the, for the long haul that even God forbid we have another shutdown or other things. We've built up more D to C where we've diversified from check lane. So we're not as dependent if check lane behavior starts to just go, you know, back down again, we've got some other things that we're working on to diversify back of the store, other, other places. So trying to, as much as you can, trying to think like, how does this brand survive if this became a regular occurrence, you know, or a cadence and people just started buying more from their home or, you know, shopping online. So that's, I think I'm excited about it as sad and as sad as I am about watching your business get, you know, completely written down like that. Um, I'm still optimistic and hopeful because I'm seeing the data online and our growth D to C and then some of the retailers that we're still in, I'm seeing the growth. I'm like, okay, we made the right decision to go in this direction. And so I'm just, uh, it'll be smaller, but it'll be more, more solid business built for the long haul. Good for you, man. Seriously. Um, and if it yeah. does more than that, great. But I just, you know, I just want to be realistic of, you know, I want, you know, take care of my employees and, and, and the people that we have and, and that's it. Yeah, that's a great comment. Uh, and one that to close on specifically, uh, because it's a good takeaway. Uh, anybody who, who's already in, in the business, right, or a business that's in food and bev saw similar things, depending on what you were selling, but the majority, yeah. right? And it, it gives you um, a real reality check, right? I, I like to call, you know, being punched in the face. Um, that's a good thing. I can't say like anybody would, right? I, we wish it wasn't like this, not like shutdown. Um, but oftentimes, uh, it's not just innovation that comes out of things like this. It's also just um, correction and being able to be reflective of what types of changes you maybe should have made prior because you get a little bit sleepy on things. Um, and even for us, so, uh, you know, I just got off the call with somebody and was saying how we've made some, what, some adjustments here. And I think that they're, they're like, like long-term adjustments. Um, to, even, even though we are seeing what you're seeing is all right, we're starting to cruise back again. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all good. 
It's what all about you in 12 you. months? What do you say for you in 12 oh, months? Oh, man. We're taking over the world, dude. We're taking over. No, we, um, we have our same, we have a plan too, right? We want to, we want to add the strategic partners that make sense for us. Um, we want to make sure that they are aligned with what we are, what we're doing and how we're going to get there because it, it's not like this short path, right? Especially now it takes time and, and it takes time to brand build. You know, we're small. Nobody knows who, you know, I say this sometimes right. you're like, Oh, but you're in this retail. You're, you're oh, I see what you've been doing. Nobody, we're small. I mean, we're, we're, we're just this little brand still. We want to be bigger and that's our, you sure. know, that's our goal, but it takes time. Yep. And so 12 months is just all about commitments to, to the partnerships that we're in commitments to trying to procure the, the few other partnerships that we want to get into and, and, and just, you know, one step at a time, uh, being patient and, and just working it, you know, working it each day. It's great. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. You do a great job online, just being honest and, you know, transparent. I think it's needed so much more um, in our ecosystem instead of just like, you know, overnight success stories and I'm killing it. And, you know, it's just, it's not reality for most yeah. people. Yeah. And, and so you don't want to hear that stuff. So it's nice when you get to hear people being honest or having a down day or, you know, whatever. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that a lot, man. Um, all right. Tyler Merrick, project seven, throwing it in there. Uh, there's his info. Uh, we will be talking soon. Uh, great having you on. See you, Mason. Thank you. See you, Mark.